your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. What's up, everybody? Thanks for coming out to the UCP. Put your hands together. Please shut off your cell phones and please put your hands together for your host, Cameron Esposito. Oh, keep it going for yourselves. Keep it going for you. Great job, guys. Get in here. Great to see you. Sit right, sit right down. Hello. Hi. Good to see you. I'm Cameron Esposito. I'll be your host tonight. You can applaud for me. Fantastic. We've got an awesome lineup. We've got a great lineup of comics on the show tonight. And they are backstage, but they can probably hear you if you want to welcome them with your applause. You can do that, too. You don't have to feel like it, uh, like it starts and ends with me. Oh, also, really excited, really exciting news. Uh, my friends Chris and Hannah, who have come to almost every show of Put Your Hands Together here at the UCB since we started, are back from their trip to Chicago. They were away from us for two weeks, and those were the two worst shows of my life. <laughs> so round of applause for Chris and Hannah. Always going out of the way to support the show. I know there's a lot of folks that come uh, re- repeatedly come to uh, almost every show and that's that's so much appreciated it really does uh it does warm my heart makes me feel like i have a like a a family a weird family that i talk to just through a microphone (laughs) and they just listen and they go home and i don't see them again for a while it's a good kind of family what a week uh you know what all right we'll just stop there what a week I don't even know what I'm talking about. Well, I saw a really weird thing this week. Super weird. So I was at a picnic, and it was a birthday party. It was a birthday party picnic. There were also, this was in Griffith Park, which is like a large park here in uh, Los Angeles. And there were three other parties, like in the same section, uh, all speaking different languages. So it was like kind of like, you know, that moment where you're like, ooh, I'm in the mi-, like where you're like, oh my God, what are you like? You're like, America. You like kind of feel kind of like, ooh, what's everybody having? Like small hot dogs, larger hot dogs, small hot dogs. Like just kind of checking out different hot dogs, what different cultures are into what different hot dogs. Just kind of matching up hot dogs and cultures. Um, and really experiencing lots of birthdays and singing lots of birthday songs. Uh, there was a birthday belly dance. So that was kind of cool. Just experiencing all that culture. And then there were like three... uh, There were three... Okay. Um, How do I say it? Like Trixies. But not like one of them was a dude. Uh, Thin, thin humans. They were laying on a blanket. um, Kind of a little bit further towards the woods than us. But not that far. Mm, I don't know. 100 feet from us. They were uh, just kind of skimpy outfits, real slim bodies, probably mostly eat cigarettes. (laughs) And they were snoozing face down on a blanket all together. And this coyote came out of the woods, like a huge coyote, because there are coyotes here, and some of them are tiny, like a little baby coyote, but this was a huge, full-size, half-dog coyote, full Game of Thrones, uh, <laughs> direwolf-type coyote, like just a real, like a real Jon Snow protector, 
of a coyote. And he started walking towards this blanket. Um, and all of the different birthday parties started to notice. But it was like a, it was like a wave at a football game or like a bat. It was like, it was like I think there's a coyote coming out those Trixies. You know, like, and it just kind of spread. Like, it just kind of spread. And then, like, one birthday party started yelling, like, hey, 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 get up! You know, and then, like, it, but, like, it went to, like, another language. And then there was, like, a tambourine. <laughs> and it was just this group of people that were all, like, trying to... Because this coyote was stalking, the, like, creeping out of the woods and stalking these sleepers who are face down and they're sleeping and there's a coyote coming. And we're just doing that human thing where you say, hey, maybe I won't let this this group of people get eaten by a coyote on my watch, you know? Just felt like a, there was a need to interact. Um, they, they weren't getting up at all. So I actually started uh, running towards the coyote because, yeah, I'm a fucking badass. <laughs> and I was, like, yelling and clapping and other things that you saw in The Parent Trap, the original one, where you're like, I'm pretty sure if you bang sticks, the mountain lion goes away! And then that person doesn't marry your dad. But I was just like yelling and running at the coyote. And at the last minute before I get there, they all sit up. And so I just like step back for a minute because I didn't want to alarm them and then have them go like, ah, and then the coyote attacks. Or like, I don't know what coyotes do, but I just didn't want to, I was trying to play, you know, be low pro. Um, and, uh, but they sat up and then they turned to us and there's like all these, there's like, there's like 200 people going like, you're gonna be eaten! And they turned to us and they honestly, the, the, first of all, the, they were looking... The, the, so the coyote is, I would say, probably three feet from the front of their face at this point. And the dude is uh, looking at that coyote in the face. And the two girls on either side of him are honestly flipping their hair. And the dude turns to us and he goes, Don't worry about it. <laughs> and then he goes back to sleep. <laughs> And then so did the girl. Like, they saw what was going on. They were like, these alarmist birthday parties think we can't... I feel like, um... I don't know what to do in a situation like that. Because it wasn't... Like, there was a teaching moment there. Um, but I also didn't want to risk my own life to present it to them. Like, I... After warning people, then having look them, then having them look di uh, directly into the eyes of a coyote, and then just say, "I don't actually," it's you know, back to bed. <laughs> I didn't know what else to do, but also none of the birthday parties st stopped watching what was happening. So then they were just back asleep, and we were like, we might be about to all as a group be witnessing people that have been warned about their murder and then are just murdered in front of us. We don't know, is that on us or not? Like, at what point do you go carry the people out of there? Or are you just like, honestly, I, I did everything I could do. The coyote wandered away. But it was a real moment. I feel like that's a... I don't know, maybe it's, I'm also just at this point right now where I'm, I'm having like a lot of anxiety levels in my, in my life and uh, in, my own, in my own body. What is going on for you? If you can just look at a wild animal and go like, I, what, what's the worst that can happen? Like if you're, 
how relaxing is your life if you can't even imagine a scenario where a wild animal attacks you? Like, that's, that is the easiest... We don't even have to evolve to think of... That's literally what, as humans, the one thing we're supposed to not do is be stalked and then eaten by... You're supposed to see something and then run away or punch it or something. Like, what is going on in your life that that is just a fine moment for you? We were like, you know what? Honestly, I feel like I completed everything I needed to do today, so... If I die right now, it will be with no to-do list over my head. It's a very relaxed moment. Hard to know whether or not to be involved. I was after that moment that I was talking to some friends and I was thinking about um, the last time that I was in a situation where I felt like, well, this this is vaguely unrelated, but also just like an amazing moment, sort of similar. I was hosting a, a queer burlesque show in Chicago uh, super queer also like just like just like just like what just kind of like a like whatever it is get over here you know like that kind of a, has who ever seen that burlesque it's so inspiring I love it like I love it with my whole heart I just love there's like it's just all vaguely you know like you, you understand what I do you know what I mean Los Angeles do you have this here where it's just like corsets or a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle, Turtle costume or like nothing at all it's like you're, yeah, you're doing burlesque. You just came out here naked. That's, that counts, too. You know, like, it's just, like, whatever it is, just all under the same vague burlesque blanket, and I love that. Like, I also love, like, really great twirly tassily burlesque. Like, that is awesome. With a taut ass? Yes, I will go to that! But I also like, uh... I also like, uh, acceptance-themed burlesque. <laughs> I think it's awesome. And I wish I could be that brave to be that accepting of myself and my proclivities. Uh, But I was hosting a queer burlesque show, and uh, one of the numbers was a uh, a bunch of girls that were dressed as, like, punk rock Dalmatians. And then one, like, curvy, plus size Cruella de Vil. And so she, so Corella DeVille comes out and she's kind of, like, controlling the Dalmatians and the Dalmatians are like, not anymore. And then they kind of, you know, the tides change, and then the Dalmatians are, you know, whipping Cruella. It's like kind of like an S&M Disney mashup <laughs> that you didn't even know you wanted to see until you're watching it. You're like, oh, I did want to see them overthrow Cruella all on their own. So, it's beautiful. But the number, uh, the act ended with Cruella, like, mostly naked and, uh, and hogtied <laughs> on the stage. So, like, well, I think this is hogtied. I don't know. Her, her, uh, her arms were tied together, and her legs were tied together, and then her arms were tied to her legs. So, that, so there was, like, this whole number. Thank you so much. One person, yes. Are you in the hog business? Could be anything. That could be anything. Um, anyway, so, yes, she was, she was tied up. And then, the, then all the Dalmatians got optimally sexy and overthrew her. And then they were free. And then they left the stage to go back to Pongo and Perdita, presumably. <laughs> Nothing on that? Those are their actual names. The moms in 101 Dalmatians and dads. That's their actual names. The parents. Okay, all right. Um, but the Dalmatians leave. But the amazing part was that uh, she, Corella DeVille, couldn't get up. <laughs> she couldn't leave the stage 
And the Dalmatians, like, in the glory of, like, finally doing the art that they wanted to do, just forgot <laughs> that she was on stage still. And so then it was just, like, a spotlight on a woman who was, like, yeah, like, doing, like, the, like, yeah, and then was quickly, like, excuse me. <laughs> I don't know what it is that's, that made those two things seem similar to me. I guess it's just, like, facing your fears and having it turn out, like, okay, but not the best. Like, she did a great act, but she did, I did have to pull her off the stage by her tied-together arms and legs. <laughs> Which is a great perk of the job. <laughs> All right, you guys, we've got such an awesome show. Are you ready for more jokes out of other comics' faces? than that. I actually think you can do even better than that. Yes! I believe in you! This next comic, he is an amazing, uh, an amazing performer. He is uh, usually in New York, and I believe he is just in L.A. for a short time, so we're happy to have him right now. Let's hear from Mr. Max Silvestri, guys. Let's hear from Max. Give it over Garrett, everybody. How you guys doing? How was your day? Pretty good, good. Uh, I saw Oblivion today. Uh, it's perfect. Spoiler alert, that movie is the best. Uh, also, I went with a friend, and we were the only two people in the theater in Glendale watching it, so we like could just stand up and talk. Uh, but all we really had to say, we were like, we can talk out loud, and then we were so into the movie that we said nothing. Uh, he was like, it was really freeing know that we could, knowing that we could talk, but we didn't want to because Tom Cruise is perfect at everything he does. There's no joke there. At the end, good night. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I do see a lot of movies alone, uh, and I feel like when I don't have somebody to talk to in any situation, I become like a terrible, silent machine gun of judgment, just like looking at people and being horrible. I'm like, oh, what's a good way to tweet about them? Uh, just human nightmare scum. Uh, and I was at the movies the other day by myself, and the movie hadn't even started, and I was just like building up all, these ang all this anger at people around me. There was like three high school kids next to me that were taking selfies during the previews, <laughs> like without a flash, and the pictures kept not working because we were in a dark movie theater, so they'd wait, wait for bright parts of the trailer and then take the photo. And then there was like another like children couple like making out and going really deep on each other behind me. <laughs> And like a whole family in front of me uh, that like had tasked their four-year-old to babysit the one-year-old. Like she was only there not to see the movie, but to like take care of the baby that can't enjoy flashing lights and pictures and stuff. Um, but then I was just like, oh, these people, this human trash. And then I realized that I was alone at a 4.30 screening of Iron Man 3 uh, <laughs> eating a buffalo chicken wrap that I bought from Trader Joe's is the only thing I just waited in line for 20 minutes and got a buffalo chicken wrap uh, and had laid out my coat inside out on my lap so I wouldn't get anything on me. So I was eating a wrap by myself. Uh, and also it came with blue cheese but on the side in like a little dip cup, you know, like how dressing comes in. So, but I hadn't wanted to unwrap the wrap. That'd be messy and gross. So I had just peeled off the lid and was dipping my wrap into blue cheese on my lap and being like, these people are garbage. Ooh, I dropped some. Oh, perfect. It's just an onion and it's only been on the ground for five seconds. Um, <laughs> the point is I'm gross. Um, speaking of gross, uh, I watch a lot of Netflix streaming. You guys are familiar with that, right? <laughs> cool. It's like Blockbuster for your AOL. Um, <laughs> I don't watch anything good on it, though. I like mostly, this is a terrible habit, I mostly rewatch movies from the 90s uh, that have actresses that I had crushes on growing up to, like, 
revisit them or whatever. Uh, like I've watched more than once this movie, I Know What You Did Last Summer. You guys remember that movie? <laughs> It's this horror movie with Sarah Michelle Gellar and Jennifer Love Hewitt where they like get drunk and run down a guy. And they're like, I think he's dead. And then the next year, he's not and is so mad at them. And we're supposed to like the teenagers. <laughs> so I hope you die in the first five minutes, you jerks. Um, but I've been rewatching because Jennifer Love Hewitt and the tank top she wears in that movie were like very important to my development <laughs> as a young man. Uh, I know what I did that summer. <laughs> that that... <laughs> movie came out on DVD which was just like ruin an old Jurassic Park 2 t-shirt just like turn it into graham crackers slowly over the course of a few months when it was time to hide the evidence it just crumpled it up into crackers blew it in the wind caught the breeze and floated away a million little pieces that's what that song's about dust in the wind it's about hiding (laughs) t-shirts Mostly I miss now, like being grown up, I miss that Jurassic Park 2 t-shirt. It was very awesome. Uh, I had bought it before fifth grade. Uh, I was moving to a new, new school, so I wanted cool clothes. So I went to Macy's in August, and they had official Jurassic Park 2 t-shirts. Uh, and this one like looked like it had claw marks in it. Like The shirt was two layers and was like ripped up and red. I don't know what I thought would happen on the first day of school. Kids would come up and be like, hey, man, you been fucking around in a raptor cage? <laughs> Awesome. That's pretty rough. Are you okay? You look like you're losing a lot of blood in your stomach area. Let's not hate this kid <laughs> forever. Um, but they did. Um, it's fine. I, uh, I also, another bad habit I have is that I read a lot of trashy celebrity gossip websites. Really into it. Uh, I saw a story the other day that John Travolta is being sued in a class action suit by a bunch of uh, male like massagers, masseurs, masseuses, masseuses. It's very good luck if you're Jewish to get a shoulder rub in the doorway of your home when you move in. Uh, But the headline said he's being sued by these uh, male masseurs because he demands, quote, reverse happy endings. And I read that and I was like, wow, I do not know what a reverse happy ending is. Maybe you're all experts. I mean, I know what a happy ending is, but I don't know what a reverse one is. I guess that's maybe if you like show up at the massage parlor with like your stuff already all over your chest and then you want an Indian burn until it all goes back inside which is crazy, it takes forever that's probably why they're suing him they're like, you only paid for an hour Um, but I saw this other story on one of these sites the other day that uh, I guess a trashy tell-all came out about Sarah Palin, like pretty recently and nobody really covered it in the news because like it was clearly full of lies but one of the stories was that it alleged that when she was a weather person in Michigan in the late 80s she was single she had an affair with Glenn Rice who at the time was like University of Michigan's most all-star basketball player led them to two championships later played in the NBA for 10 years and this book said that when Sarah Palin was in the late 80s she had an affair with Glenn Rice also it didn't say that like he seduced her as like a famous Michigan person like it said she sought him out it was like Glenn Rice you fuck me here um, I don't know why I used that voice. That's me. It didn't say that she talked like that or that she pointed at the ground. She probably know to point at her vagina. She's not, she's not like, Glenn Rice, my vagina fell out on the ground. Put it in your dick like a donut and fuck it back inside me. And he's like, what? That is a donut. Uh, super dumb. But the, this website didn't care about the Sarah Palin stuff. They just wanted to talk about Glenn Rice. And like, nobody talks about Glenn Rice anymore. He's been retired for a while. He wasn't that great. Uh, but uh, they wanted to get to the bottom of the Glenn Rice story. So this site, Media Takeout, said, um, we reached out to people in the NBA groupie community, yeah, uh, who were known to have had sex with Glenn Rice, and apparently it's understood in the groupie community that Glenn Rice has a, quote, 11-inch penis, 
If you guys don't know how uh, dicks work, that's a good one. That's a good one <laughs> to have or to get, depending on which end of it you need. <laughs> but it said he had a, quote, 11-inch penis, and then this news story said it is, quote, the width of a Red Bull can. Ah! So specific and intense. Uh, makes me feel so many feelings <laughs> to read that in a news story. Also, in quotes, really? Was this, like, somebody, like, calling and getting, like, independent verification from sources? Like, hi, can you please confirm that Glenn Rice was the width of a Red Bull can in the 80s? And they're like, I can confirm that. And they're like, we're going to print tonight, Pulitzer! Uh, but uh, so weird to, like, pick Red Bull. It's, like, so specific. Like, if you say Coke can, gross, but I get it. Like, we can all picture that. But, like, Red Bull... One, there's not even one size of Red Bull. It's not, like, a scientific thing to choose. There's, like, multiple sizes of Red Bull. And you brought it up, you dumb website. And now I want to know which kind of Red Bull was Glenn Rice's penis. Because was he, like, a small, like, ooh, I overslept and I want to be peppy for this job interview kind of Red Bull? Was he, like, the, you know, I've been drinking whiskey to 7 in the morning and now I've got to go to a museum all day with my girlfriend's parents kind of Red Bull? So it's a much more satisfying energy drink to have. Also, so weird to pick energy drinks about someone who, like, there weren't even energy drinks back then. It'd be like if a, a news site was like, Larry Bird's penis is like a five-hour energy on the end of a lanyard. And you're like, huh? <laughs> I can picture that, but that's weird. Um, but I was mostly focused on the 11-inch thing, and it was like, quote, 11 inches, like there was measurements. Because what I think ladies probably don't realize is that there is not one, like, understood way that guys have to measure themselves, you know, it's like, where do you start? Where do you end? There's a lot of room for error down here. That's what I call this whole area, the room for error. Um, but yeah, it's not like we have a secret talk during puberty where we're like sat down by our dads and they're like, okay, first get it as hard as a rock. <laughs> Stretch it out a couple times. Like you're making a balloon animal soaking in water overnight. You just want to get it limber. You want a jelly bone. You're like, oh dad, don't say jelly bone. Um, but we don't have a talk like you girls have. I imagine when you're like going through puberty where your moms are like, teach you how to I don't know, like, keep <laughs> bugs out of your vagina. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I don't know a lot about vaginas. I imagine it's super hard to keep the bugs out of them. And your moms are like, look, you're never going to keep all the bugs out of there. Try to keep most of the bugs out of there. Give the bugs somewhere else to go. Put a sugar cube in your bra. You're a woman now. And you're like, thanks, Mom. <laughs> but yeah, as a kid, getting nervous about if someone asks, and no one will ever ask, you, like, have to come up with your own system I found for me, when I was in middle school, the most fair way for me to measure was to use, like, one of those seamstress measuring tapes. You know, the kind that, like, a roll-up. Uh, and then I started at my butthole and then went through my legs and then around, like, Christmas tree lights. Because in high school, when my calculations, mine was almost three yards long. All right, I'm Max Semestri. Thank you, guys. If you are in New York listening to this via podcast, that's right, live audience. This also is distributed as a podcast called Put Your Hands Together, which is also the name of this show that you're at. So what a night. Uh, but if you're in New York listening to this, you can go to Big Terrific and you can see Max Silvestri there. Uh, also, we've had uh, Gabe Lehman on the show. He is, uh, I think he's living here now, though. Oh, it's so confusing. But he also started that room. And so did this next performer. Uh, used, to, used to be on that old terrific big. That is big terrific. And uh, you've also seen her on Saturday Night Live. But my favorite credit of hers, and I just, it just makes me so happy. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, you'd also know, know her from uh, Marcel the Shell with Shoes on. Oh, wow. See, audible gasp. <laughs> know your audience, Esposito. Yeah, I do. So, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Jenny Slate. 
Okay. Hi. <laughs> uh, just in case everyone um, uh, wanted to be treated like a baby, um, like I always do. There you go, everybody. Um, how's everybody feeling? Good. Good, right? Me too. I had a pretty chill day, equaling my best friend got his pot card, and now... Uh, <laughs> I'm honking down on that chill herb. Um, all day long for me, and I'm feeling pretty cool. Um, a little bit of, just to start info, my name is Jenny. Um, I'm a human woman. And I love that. I think, I love how it's going. I feel like it's going great. Um, I like, I like what I'm doing with it, basically, and I've waited a long time to be it. Um, when I was little, I just wanted to be, well, I wanted to be an actress, and now I am an actress, and I don't say actor, because I like to be an actress with, like, a titties, you know? I just, like, wake up in the morning, and my nips are like, let's do this, Jen, and I'm just like ready to go. I, all, I've just wanted this for so long and I'm just living it. I'm just like a little duck in a pond. I'm so happy. Just swimming around in my life. And I really, okay, I've always wanted to be an actress, but I didn't as a child want to be like a child actress. Like I didn't want to be like um, Kimmy Gibbler, you know, like on Full House and be just like an ugly <laughs> person <laughs> who like comes in through the window of like a really attractive white family and is like, what the and they're like, get out of here, Jew! And she's like, sorry! <laughs> Climbs out the window into, like, the trash can where she lives, I guess. Like, she's the worst mom. My mom was, like, so strict. She would be like, Jen... Oh, okay, let me just preface this by saying that my, my mom is, like, a very stern woman. Um, my dad is, a, like, a very sensitive woman. <laughs> and, like, my, like, when my parents sing in the car other backup info they are literally a potter and a poet that's their job those are their jobs that they have and they live in a haunted house and they've been together since high school and when they sing in the car my dad's like tale is old as time oh no that's my mom hold on let me i've got beauty and the beast on the brain so bad um since 91 i'm all over the road tonight but you guys are making me um, at my bar mitzvah, my mom wouldn't let me pick the band, and the band was called the Jerry Daddio Band, and they were the worst. And I also was the worst because um, in fifth grade, the worst year of my life, where I also got hit by a car, it was also discovered that A, I was bad at soccer, which is like, ugh. And B, that um, my canines were fully developed inside of, like, my head. Like, they were like, um, oh, Jenny doesn't have her canines. Like, she's, like, sort of a, like, a wimpy, like, wisp of, like, a little, like, she, you know, person sort of, like, like, as a child, I knew I would never have survived the Holocaust. Like, that kind of wimp. You know what I mean? And I looked like Anne Frank, so I'd be super stuck up about it at Seder's. Like, I'd be like... See this face? You didn't get all of us. And they'd be like, obviously not. We're all here. Um, no, we're not all here. We're not all here. Um, oh, my God. The road is crazy tonight. Okay. So, yeah. So, like, 
I was the worst because the teeth, they were like, she has never teeth. My mom was like, yes, she does. X-ray her face. And then, so they, they did X-ray like my whole head. And um, what is that? <laughs> um, <laughs> oh my God. Um, and so they were like, X-ray her whole head. And they did, and they found them. And they were, this one was there. And this one was up under my nose, like fully up under it, a full tooth. And I had a hole in the roof of my mouth and like this whole operation in my uh, x-rays got taken to a national convention. Um, <laughs> which is cool. But anyway, I had like, I was like rigged up like a schooner and I had like the most intense speech impediment like ever because I couldn't put my tongue anywhere without like poking like around with like something. So I like talk like this like, all the time. And I was super horny because like no dirt. <laughs> um, <laughs> Just that horniness where, like, nobody will come near you at all. And you're just, like, all the time. Like, you're just, like, not even interested in science at all. But you see a mountain in a book, and you're just, like, that looks like something. You know, and you just, like, have one of those, like, crazy, like, instant uh, orgasm pussy seizures. <laughs> anyway, um, the Jerry Daddio band sucked a dick. <laughs> And uh, I was just like, <laughs> I was so, like, didn't want to be spoiled. And I was like, I'll just take this into my own hands. And I went up to the band, and I was like, because every, they were playing, like, the worst songs that I'd never even heard of. And in the candle lighting ceremony, which is something that Jewish kids have to do, they, like, light a candle for each person in their family. And my mom is so intense that every couple that was childless, she had the band play, like, while they were walking up, it would be like, Uncle Ken and Aunt Judy for candle number eight. And the band would be like, just the two of us. It was like so rude and weird. Um, but so they sucked and I was like, mm, can you guys make play something current? Like something for my friends to dance to, please? And they were like, you got it. And then the lady got up and she was like, this next song goes out to the bat mitzvah girl. Special request just for her. And then it was just like, a poopy saxophone. <laughs> and the lady was just like vibing on herself so hard and she was just like, tell us all the time. And I was like, <laughs> slit, slit my head off. Um, oh my gosh, I didn't get to any of this and I got the light, <laughs> damn it. Oh darn it. Oh well darn it all the hell guys. <laughs> God, I love being alive. Um, I'm going to say one last thing, then I'm going to leave, which is that um, I've been watching a lot of good movies lately, equaling Jurassic Park 3D on Mushrooms, which ruled. And um, let me just tell you guys something before I leave, which is that that movie was not made to be 3D. And so there are, like, things that just, like, pop out that should not be there. And Hold On To Your Butts is for real, um, as they say in that movie, because mostly what I saw while I was on Mushrooms um, is just that Laura Dern is always, like, sort of three-quarters in the shot like this, and she just has, like, the deepest khaki pussy. And it's just, like, 
Like, it's just everywhere. Like, you'll be, like, trying to literally see a dinosaur. Like, the biggest thing ever, besides, like, a building. And there aren't any, so you're just like, that... And, like, she's just, like, standing with, like, the biggest khaki pussy, being like, this plant shouldn't be here! You know, and you're just like, oh, my God. The biggest, like, I just took, and I took some edibles, some retarded, uh, so stupid to do that, because I, I get them, I get, I get the thing that's the thing that you eat, and then I'm like, um, okay, well, uh, I'll just, there's like a little voice in me that's like, oh, I'll just eat a little bit of this. I'm not gonna freak out. And then I'm like, and then I'm like, and then I'm just like, cool, cool. But then there's another voice inside of me that's like, Brownies! Brownies! And then the little voice is like, mm, don't you dare. And it's just like, and, and like, just eats all of them. Because it's just like, me want more, me want more brown brownie. Um, eats them. And then I like, cut to whoever knows how many hours later. Somebody that I know has probably read a whole book when I like wake up and I'm just like in the forest, like looking at a tree and being like, yo, what up with trees, but also like about trees. Wait, what? And like, I'm just like so frightened. And then I have to go to the hospital. But anyway, um, I was watching the movie. Lardern's khaki pussy was all over the place. I got really, really freaked out. And right after the T-Rex like comes out of his house and yells at them and then ruins the car. And the fucking sister will not shut up and put her light out. I was just like, no, no. No, I can't even do this right now. Like, I'm too, I'm too stressed out, you know? And I was like, that's okay, Jen. You've seen this movie like a million times. This is a gift to you. Do with it what you will. And so I was like, all right, I'll just go to sleep until they get to the visitor center because I don't even care enough to see the Bronto sneeze in her face as much as I hate the sister and love the brother. <laughs> love the brother. Um, okay, I've got to get off the stage. But the only thing I wanted to say was that I fell asleep and I woke up at the exact right time in the visitor center and I was like so fucking pumped that my brain is perfect. Um, but then I realized that the people around me were like staring at me and, and sort of mad because, mad, because when I woke up, I didn't just like open my eyes and like greet the movie or whatever, I went, bop. <laughs> so I hope you guys all do that next, next morning, tomorrow morning. Thank you. I love you all. Thank you very much. Hey, Jenny Slate, you were hilarious. Hi, First thank all, you. I realized that I didn't ask you before you went on. So does it drive you crazy, or do you like it being brought up with Marcel the Shell? Because it's such a specific... Oh, I love it. Credit, you love it. Yeah, because I love that... I love doing that, and I love that I did it, and I love that there's more, and I love Marcel. I also love Marcel. You do? I actually have the children's book. Oh. Yeah, girl. I'm supporting your craft. That's really nice. Uh-huh. I think it's uh, very... I mean, it's amazing that you guys were able to create... Like, how can you create something that's that funny? Uh-huh. It's also that... Like clean and weird. It is and strange. New. Yeah, because my comedy is not necessarily like there's some swears and sex stuff in it. If there is, it's not on purpose. But if there is, there will be. Because like human beings. Because human swears beings. And and I'm, sex. I'm a yeah. human woman. <laughs> but um, I like to be brought up with it because I think that I like to do comedy because I feel like it's like making new friends. And then when people bring that up, if if the people in the audience have seen it, then I feel like. Um, they know that I care about them and that I care about myself, so and it's a nice, like, awesome. it's a nice way to start. Yeah, sure. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. I mean, there is, that's also, like, a very earnest and, like, sweet 
video, so you're right. Yeah. I and mean, it's like you're perceiving yourself with like, hey guys, we're like totally into you. And yeah. Then, you know, it's like we're into you as well. Totally. Yeah. It's like I feel like it's like they remember that I'm a person. Yeah. You know, and then um and the pressure goes off a little bit for me, and then I just get really excited. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks. That's for a nice question. Yeah. Oh, you're- <laughs> Jenny Slate, ladies and gentlemen. Jenny Slate. Hey, we are going to keep the show right on rolling. Uh, this next comic, you have seen him on Conan, or maybe The Tonight Show, or if you're a time traveler, you've already seen him here tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Barry Rothbard. Give it up for Barry. There better not be any fucking time travelers here. I just want to say that right off the bat. I fucking hate time travelers. Yeah, you think you know what happens? Fuck you. You're going to fuck everything up for everybody. You're going to change one thing, and then everything's going to be fucked up. You fuck... I'm looking at you, buddy. That time traveler bit was amazing. (laughs) I want to get something out of the way. Um, I, uh, I'm in from New York, and I, I have a rental car. And I got the rental car, and it had a feature called heated seats. But I didn't know that it had a feature called heated seats. So for the first 30 minutes, I thought I crapped in my pants. I was like, here we go again on a road trip. Guess it's May, crapping in my pants on a road trip. Why is that a thing? What does that feel like? It feels like pooper piss. I feel like whoever created that like shit their pants in a car and was like, God, I love how it feels to shit myself in a car. I love it. I just wish I could do it without the whole shitting myself part. Honey, clean me up. We're going to be millionaires. Oh, you have no hands? Convenient. You have feet for hands? You fucking... Sorry, I'm just saying the F word a lot. I do pretty well. um, Financially. So I... uh, Usually, uh, when I come to L.A., I take a thing called a super shuttle. Uh, I don't know if you guys know what a super shuttle is. Uh, If you haven't been in a super shuttle, a super shuttle is uh, a shared ride van... And basically, every time you get in it, it's like you're getting in a family van right after the father finished being abusive. It's just so awkward. I feel like a minute before I get in a super shuttle, it's always just like, God damn, I hate you, Karen! I hate you! I hate the kids! I want you all to die! You're all gonna die! Hang on, someone's coming. I, uh, I like watching people. I like seeing people who speak with their hands too much. I was at a restaurant. This woman was ordering next to me from the waiter. She goes, uh, I'll have the tilapia plate. The tilapia plate with extra fish sauce. She was like that with her hand. Fish sauce. And the waiter's like, what? Fish sauce? She's like, fish sauce. Fish sauce. And it taught me two things. Number one, I hate that woman. 
And number two, how much fun it is to order things and not have your hand motions match what you're ordering. It's like, yeah, I'll have the uh, turkey club. Yeah, with some uh, lettuce and some mayo. Yeah, some mayo. Some mayo! Mayonnaise! You know what? Screw you. Screw you. Screw you. Screw you. Screw. I like confusing waiters. Want to see my impression of the most confusing way to order chickpeas at a restaurant? Most confusing way to order chickpeas at a restaurant. Uh, chickpeas? <laughs> oh, yeah, just the chickpeas, yeah. Let's, uh, chickpeas? Yeah. Thank, chickpeas, yeah. Thanks. Uh, just the chickpeas, yeah, that'd be great. Ch uh, chickpeas, yeah. Thanks. Ch chickpeas, yeah. Thank you. Chickpeas, yeah. Okay. The check! <laughs> Sir, are, are you all done? Yeah, I'm full. Just the chickpeas. That would be great. <laughs> It needed one more. It needed one more. A lot of people ask me how I feel about uh, Jason Collins coming out as a homosexual, first NBA or professional sports player. And I always say to them, can he fuck? I don't know if he's good at fucking. What if he's terrible at fucking? Am I going to support a guy who hurts other men's butts? What if he fucks guys and he breaks their anuses? You're going you're gonna to openly just support a guy who fucking makes guys bleed out of their butts? <sighs> Not me. Not me, Dad. <laughs> Takes seven pounds of pressure to prolapse a man's anus. Seven pounds. My penis weighs six. It's not a risk I'm willing to take. Support a guy who can do that to someone. A lot of people also ask me how I'm so good at sex. Um, and I would say the same thing. I read a magazine called Cosmopolitan. I saw an article in Cosmo, a real article, big letters, the headline said, Tips on dirty talking. And then they were like, tip one, whisper. Tip two, be specific. Which is great advice, because I'm usually yelling generalities in bed. Just like, we're having sex right now! Your vagina's a temperature! It's a certain temperature! You're going at a particular speed! I'm going to make a mess! That's how I come. I'm going to make a mess! I miss my dad! <laughs> okay, thank you very much. Barry Rothbart. Guys, Barry Rothbart, one more time! Oh, man. It's, that's, I, yes, yes. <sighs> Listen, I understand there's a lot of confusion. I just want to say, once and for all, I think if anybody knows how to not make a person's anus bleed, it is a gay man. <laughs> they specifically know how to not do that. <laughs> That's into butt sex. Not all gay men are into butt sex. I think who you got to worry about is all them straight basketball players. Am I right? <laughs> no, seriously, you have to worry about those dudes. 
They have so much privilege and so much money. I don't know if you've seen the news, but like in the last ever, but it's, they get into a lot of trouble. Pro sports in general. It's a lot of like really aggressive heterosexuality. A lot of never hearing, you know, the word no. Or not even being able to process no, because like no is a fueling, you know, for them to, you know, go ahead and then tackle that person or whatever, you know, just kind of a, kind of almost like a baited yes for some of those guys. Just looking in your eyes, are you guys okay? These are true things. Talking about facts and figures. Talking about numbers and stats. Talking about uh, stats. I wasn't even sure if I was going to... Oh, fuck. Now I've gotten to this place where I want to say this other thing, and I just don't... Because my, like, my buddies, who are... A gentleman that I'm very close to is coming up next, and I just I want to you know, make, make sure that it's a safe space for him. And it's... Awesome, awesome. <laughs> oh, I don't know. This had nothing to do with what Barry was talking about, but, it, but well, I don't know. Um, one more time for Barry Rothbard, by the way. Very funny gentleman. That chickpeas thing is probably the funniest thing I've ever heard in my life. I don't know. I'm just, I'm having a, there's a, there's a lot of, like once a year, uh, there's a, a debate over, uh, not even, sometimes it's six months. It depends. There's a, sometimes it's six months. Sometimes it's once a year. There's a big debate in the like social media and the blogosphere about like whether or not rape jokes are okay. Uh, that pops up every six months to a year. Um, because, uh, a dude, and it's always a dude. This has never not been a dude. <laughs> A dude will say, like, some really uh, distasteful rape joke, and then, like, a, usually a female audience member, it's always a female audience member, actually, it's never not a female, will be like, hey, I didn't love that, you know? And then that guy will say, no! No! You are persecuting me with your opinions about my stupid joke about something that statistically affects you way more than it affects me and anybody like me. It is a headspace that I will never just automatically be in throughout the entirety of my life. So when you write a blog piece or say, please don't say that joke again, it makes me, as a comic who's in complete control talking into a microphone, feel like maybe one person in the audience doesn't 100% love what I'm saying. And as a straight man who lives in a world that's completely dedicated to me, even Triscuits being marketed my way, I don't know how to take one solitary voice saying, have you ever thought about this? When I hear, have you ever thought about this? I want to end everything but specifically you, the person who asked me if I had thought. <laughs> so that's that. <laughs> that's how I feel about that. Really feel good that I got that off my chest, actually. How red am I? Pretty red. Pretty red, Esposito. I've also been eating tons of, uh, I've accidentally been eating this, um, this salsa with smoke flavor in it. Which, I, t I say accident, because like it tastes so good. 
It tasted so good. Because I live in a vegetarian household, so like the, the like smoke flavor is just like this thing where it's like, what is it about? Th-? Like it's just like there's like something about it. Anyway, um, I don't feel good in my body. If you, you shouldn't eat too much smoke flavor, it starts to make you distrust yourself. Like that's not the smells that come out of you are then smoky in a weird way that you don't expect them to be. <laughs> okay, guys. Hey. I said this earlier, uh, this next comic, he is a close personal friend of mine. I am so happy to have him on this show. He's also a co-host on another podcast that I have uh, with, with him, and uh, also Rhea Butcher. It's a sci-fi and action movie podcast called Wham Bam Pow. And this is the gentleman that makes it all happen. He's the Afro spokesperson. He is uh, everything I want to be. Let's hear it right now for Mr. Ricky Carmona, guys. Come on! <laughs> applause for Cameron. She's wonderful. Everybody we've seen. Yeah. Hey, girl. Oh, I am feeling good today. It's my birthday. That's what's up. Yeah. Oh, and because it's my birthday, I'm going to talk about all the shit that I love. How are we feeling about this new Daft Punk song? Are you fucking kidding me? Are you kidding me? This song is the shit. Round of applause. How many people have heard this song already? Oh. That, doesn't that song just make you feel good? Just make you feel happy about life. Happy about everything. You can punch me in the face right now and that song will stop playing and be like, I'm all right. I'm straight. I mean, that song, like, I've been trying to, I have been trying to figure out what it is about this song, and specifically this song, that just gets you going. And I talked to my friend about it the other day, and he broke it down. He was like, Ricky, when I hear it, the first thing that happens, the drums start playing, and I get warm inside, and then the guitar goes, and I get a smile, and then I hear Pharrell's voice, and my head starts to nod. I'm like, bro, you just described heroin. That's what's up. <laughs> That is it. I mean, it's so great. For I mean, the lyrics to the song, Pharrell, the first thing he says, like the legend of the phoenix. Bam! Here's my panties, bro. Pa! <laughs> Take them. Oh. Like the legend of the phoenix. We gonna get into nerdy, sexy funk? Is that what we're doing right now, Pharrell? We got it. The, that punk, the robots, they've just... They've done it. They have figured it out. They know what the move is. The move in the history of music is, when in doubt, bring in a black dude. That's the move. That's the move. That's what you do. And they have done it so smart. You don't believe me? Check your history. The Beatles brought in Billy Preston. The Rolling Stones brought in that black dude on bass. And we just brought back Justin Timberlake. So that's what's up. Those are the things that we do. Oh, it is so great. Like the legend. And then, and I, I, got the, I got the album already. The album don't come out till Tuesday. I got that shit already because that's what's up. And it is so sick. You are going to be humping rhythmically for months on end now. 
That's my review of the album. You will be humping rhythmically for months on end now. It's so great. Oh, man. What else is going on? I'm going to keep talking. They are... K-Day is going away, ladies and gentlemen. Do we know what K-Day is? They're taking away K-Day. K-Day, for those of you who don't know, it's 93.5 LA station that specializes in old school hip-hop and R&B. Where am I going to get my knowledge of auto premium insurance rates and rims <laughs> and hip-hop in the morning? How am I going to know where to get some decent home loans and hear Candyman's knocking boots while I'm drinking coffee? Oh, man, it saddens me. I, uh, I do host a, I host a podcast with, uh, with Rhea and Cameron. It's called Wham Bam Pow. It's a lot of fun. I enjoy, oh, word, yes, yes, woo to all that, woo to all that. I enjoy watching movies a lot. This happened to me recently. I was watching Memento while listening to Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon, and my weed exploded. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, that was pretty crazy. Oh, I love uh, I'm making that paper now, ladies and gentlemen. I'm making that paper, so I got that Netflix instant at home. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. Oh, it's hot. I uh, I, I I love coming home. Do you love coming home? And uh, what you think if you think you're gonna do is come home and uh, and watch a movie on Netflix. And what you end up doing is come home and passing out and falling asleep trying to decide what it is you're going to watch on Netflix. That, oh, man, that is a treat. Wake up in the morning, oh, shit, I thought I was going to watch X-Files fight the future. That did not happen. Oh, it's so good. And Netflix tries really hard to get you to decide on something. It gives you suggestions. It's like, hey, hey, Ricky, hey, Ricky, hey, hold on, hold on, hold on. Maybe you'd like, a, maybe you'd like a, a crime-bending drama from the 70s, or perhaps you'd like a psychological thriller from the 80s. I like when Netflix just doesn't know what to do anymore. It's like, I don't know, man, maybe you want to watch Killer Clowns from Outer Space? Pick some shit. Yeah, hi. Come on. Let's go. What's that? What'd you say? Is that right? Look at you. Killer Clowns, five stars. Uh, homeboy, I've seen it. You think I'm bringing that shit up for alliteration or anything? Nah, man. Nah, brah. I, uh... Here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen. There's no segue here, so I'm just going to be real. What happened <laughs> What happened uh, a little while ago in Boston, that was terrible. Just absolutely awful. One of the worst things ever. Nothing good came out of it. Nothing good comes out of a situation like that. You feel terrible. You get upset. You get angry. It's awful. Nothing good com comes out of that. But... You are able to go on Facebook and realize, oh, these are my friends who are just fucking crazy. <laughs> You're insane. I went, usually I don't bite the bait on when people put ignorant things 
on Facebook, but I don't know what it was that day. Something just, I was like, ah, comment, Ricky. Somebody, it, I mean, this was in, this was within like a minute of, of, of all, I won't say a minute, within like five minutes of this going down. And somebody goes on Facebook and says, uh, well, we'll see what President Hussein, relax. Slow down right there. You don't get to do that. You don't get just, just to throw Hussein out there like, uh, like, like, like we're too dumb enough to realize that you're making some kind of connection. You're not allowed to do that. The only, the only, when things like that happen, it's like that's when people decide, oh, a terrible thing happened. Here's the perfect opportunity to show everyone how much of a fucking idiot I am. How about I do that? <laughs> I was just chopping Facebook friends off like I had a Hattori Hanzo blade. Just no, no, no. And you know they were hitting that Hussein hard, that hard, just hitting that H hard. The only person who's allowed to call him President Hussein is Michelle. And that is when they are having sex real hard. Like he has the hardest job in the country, which he does. Like the legend of the Phoenix. All right, I'm Ricky. Thanks, Mike. Guys, Ricky Carmona, one more time. And just because it is your special day, uh, Rhea Butcher, would you please assist stage manager Rhea Butcher, also a very hilarious comic, just if you wouldn't mind, please... Uh, providing Ricky with his tiny cake and then also uh, if audience I believe that there is an appropriate song that we could all blow out, blow out of our lungs into the uh, atmosphere let's make it on the podcast so uh, we're gonna happy birthday it yeah well, on three one two three For us, I feel like we really want out. You seem very smiley. <laughs> how are you doing? Yeah. Well, how was your day? We talked last time, so now I'm getting the truth. <laughs> How's your day going today? Yeah. What did you do? You went to Target. That is a good day. <laughs> I love Target. These shoes, would you believe it, are from the Target little boys section. <laughs> to which everybody's like, yeah, those disgusting gray slip-ons, we would totally believe that. <laughs> oh, what'd you get at Target? Anything, anything as beautiful? Oh, you got that, you got that dress? Heavens to Betsy, what a beautiful garment. Yeah, nice Target purchase, all right. Yeah, that's pretty rad. Knocking it out. How was your day? Did you go to Target? No? Anything that good, though? You slept in? Till the whole, for the whole day? For the whole day? 
You were exhausted. <laughs> what was building up on you that you had to sleep for the whole day? Early work? Every day? What do you do for, what do you do that's so early? You work at Hollister? I feel like they could just let you start a little later. <laughs> who is there that, or who, wait, wait, hang on, hang on a second. Like in a store? Yeah. You work in a Hollister store? Yeah. What time do you have to be there? Seven. Seven o'clock in the morning? Yeah. All right, first of all, five o'clock in the morning is early. <laughs> For jobs. Oh, you have to drive an hour and a half? Is that what you just... You drive an hour to work at a Hollister store? <laughs> I'm not, listen, sounds good. <laughs> but, follow up, why are they make you be there at seven o'clock in the morning? Uh, we just have to build everything, like build shelves. You have to build shelves. So are you like more in the building the Hollister store <laughs> department or are you actually a salesperson? Uh, it's, I mean, I'm mostly like switching off between going on before and going to the back. Oh, okay. And then what time is your shift over? Seven to what? Uh, it's usually like 12. Like Noon? Yeah. Oh, okay. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> How old are you? Uh, I'm 19. You're 19? Yeah. Oh, baby. <laughs> I get it. It's tough. Um... <laughs> Well, here's, here's the thing. Number one, you're doing everything right. Keep that job, you know? Get that, get that paper and don't you spend it at Hollister. Keep wearing other stuff, you know? Get, go to Target, buy your Target stuff, and then put that Hollister money away. And then, you know that's just a half day though, right? That's, I just, I don't wanna. <laughs> you're in college. And then you go to classes in the afternoon? You're around 8.30, you home, home 8.30 p.m. What, so what are you studying at, at college? Communication. Communications. Yeah, and look at, and see you're nailing it already, because I feel like we're having a great chat. You're 19, so you, go to, you work in the morning and then you go to school in the afternoon, every day? That's, that's very admirable, seriously. I know, I, was, I know I was fucking with you. And I also mean it, that is just a half day of work. But at the same time, that's amazingly admirable. You know, a lot of people don't have to balance that. So round of applause for this gentleman. You're gonna do it. Get through it. Get through it. Get that degree and then don't ever go back to Hollister. Just promise me that once you get that degree, just right out of town, just, you know or communicate to Hollister, I, I think that we should make some changes. Okay. Awesome. Well, you're a rad dude. I feel like I want to just talk to one more human. Um, you, seem, you seem so, I, like, I just like your, your pose. You seem kind of like, I don't know, you seem very self-possessed. Because you, you look young as well. Are you young? How old are you? 18. This is what you could be, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> She's got her legs crossed in a very adult manner. No, I'm just... I just... I really actually can't believe you go to work in the morning and then to school, and... That's amazing. Like, most college kids are just fucking around all day. You know that, right? So you're doing a great job. Um, and I think, actually, that means you'll have more success in life, too. Because that, that fucking around all day is not, uh, is not work or jobs. Uh, let's talk more about you, you adult, you 18-year-old adult. 
What's going on with you? You're 18. What are you up to? Are you in school? Yeah, I just got back from college. You just got back from college. So is this where you're from? Yeah. You're from LA? And then where do you go to school? You go to school in D.C.? And then are you back now? Is this like, this is your first year, yeah. if you're 18? Does it feel so weird? Yeah, I'm bored. You're bored already. And you're like, no, nobody's the same! <laughs> and nothing's the same! What are you going to do for the summer? Get a job. Get a job. Is Hollister hiring? <laughs> yeah, you can literally have his job. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's how it works. If you just bring somebody in, you're like, she wants to do this now. Hollister. Yeah. There's an actual overpriced baton. Um, I don't really know anything about Hollister. What, that, yes, she can work the other half day. Look, audience members are coming up with suggestions. You're recommending movies. This is a very, this is an awesome audience. All right, we are going to finish this show strong, but I want a round of applause for all of you guys for coming out. These three people specifically. We have two amazing. Uh, you would know this next gentleman from uh, Walk in the Room, his podcast. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Dave Anthony. Give it up for Dave. Come on! What's up, fuckers? <laughs> Casual greeting. I was driving here. I drove up Fairfax and there's a dude just standing he had no shirt on and he just had like boxers and he had a tie on. And so I looked at him. I mean, I was kind of staring at him and he goes, what the fuck you looking at? And I was like, I don't know what's happening. Are you mad at me because you've accessorized without clothes? Like what in the fuck is happening right now? So I was wrong there. No, I should, I should, um, this is my apology on this podcast. I'm sure that guy's listening. So, uh, I, uh, you, at least you have health insurance, right? At Hollister? Nope. That's a good thing to bring up then. <laughs> I, that's the worst, man, not having health insurance. I, when I lived in San Francisco, when I was starting out in comedy, comedians don't have health insurance. That's part of the fucking magic. <laughs> and so when I was starting out, I woke up one day and I had these bumps all over the side of my head. And I was like, those aren't, that's not supposed to be there. So I, go, I went to a free clinic, and that's like, you know, you're not with the best group of people. Like, there are people like goiters and boils. It's like a, just like human dumpsters in a line. And I, so I go into the doctor, and he looks at me and goes, you got shingles. And I'm like, oh, fuck. And he goes, you probably have AIDS. And I was like, should you be using the word probably with AIDS? Should you be more definitive with AIDS? You shouldn't use words like probably or maybe or perchance ye AIDS. Like, that should not be a part of the thing. You should have to say you have AIDS or you don't have AIDS. Right? And if you use the word probably, right after you say probably, you should have to say, fuck if I know. Right? You should be like, you probably have A's. Fuck if I know. And then after that, you should have to say, I'm really drunk. You probably have A's. Fuck if I know, I am really drunk. And then I should be waking up in a Haitian brothel after like a nine-day meth binge. 
She's Gil, what happened? You probably have AIDS. Fucking fine, though. I'm really drunk. I'm not good in earthquakes. Um, I'm, I'm the guy who's always, I'm scared of earthquakes. Because when I was young, there was a big earthquake. And I, I was like 11, and I, I ran outside naked. I just handled it well. And the shaking, it stopped. Like, it wasn't still shaking. The shaking stopped, and I was like, go! And I just fucking ran outside naked. So I was that guy in the neighborhood. So, um, so I'm not, I'm scared of them. I always get, like, I wake up at night and go, did you feel that? And my wife's like, no, I didn't. There's nothing happening. You moved, and I thought there was an earthquake. So there was an earthquake a little while back when we had our baby. Our baby was, like, three months old. And there's a fucking earthquake, and everything starts shaking. And my wife jumps up and goes to the baby. And I instinctively jumped up and ran to the flat screen. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, I'm a hack comic. Like, I'm like, I'm like Jim Belushi in According to Jim. I'm like kicking off an episode of the hackiest show ever. My wife just looked at me and she's like, I, I can't. I have to, I have to pretend like that never happened and I was like that's fucking good but there's a big part of me like I'll save the flat screen man I fucking kind of hero points right you know bad dad anyway the baby didn't make it <sighs> congrats on the Hollister gig though I didn't get a chance do they say you're part of a team there? Do they use that kind of language? <laughs> Fuck. That's like when you know you have the worst job ever is when they're like, you're part of a team. You're like, it's, it's Taco Bell. <laughs> I don't know, no, but you're a team. You're part of a team. We, we make tacos. <laughs> yeah, but you're the guy who does meat. And that dude does cheese. And if you both weren't there... I could put meat and cheese in. As meat's not a special skill, it's almost the same as cheese. They both just go in. You're f you're fucking everything up with your attitude. You're not a team player. No, that's because it's Taco Bell. I'm not a team player at all. I had that once. When I worked in a bank, and they had a big, they had a big like event, and they bring this guy in, and he's like, "You're part of a team." And I'm always the guy that I raise my hand. And they're like, yes, you. And I was like, what are we winning? And they were like, you're not. You're fucking up everything. Because we're coming up with teamwork to make you feel better about having a non-goal-oriented job. Your life is shit. And we're trying to make you feel like you have a place to come so you don't kill yourself. And I was like, so are we splitting the money or what are we doing? I don't, the jobs like that, I don't... The worst job, though, by far... What? The, the dudes who throw the signs on the side of the road, what in the fuck is happening there? Because they're so happy. Like, I'm the guy... I was the guy in every job that I worked where the boss would come over and go, you don't, you seem, you don't seem very happy here. Are you happy? N no. It's a terrible job. Well, can we do anything to make you happy? 
give me money and I could stay home. <laughs> just like masturbate. Does that work for you? No? So I was always that guy. So I don't, when I look at guys spinning signs happy on the side of the road, I don't know what in the fuck is happening. Because that is the craziest thing ever. But it is a beautiful symbiotic relationship. You know, because at some point, Jiffy Lube found a meth head. And they just merged together in this beautiful, it's like the birds and the bees, right? Because the Jiffy Lube was like, hey man, can you stay out in the hot sun all day and just throw a sign up and down? And the meth head was like, can I dance? <laughs> hey, you guys have been great. Thanks a lot. Awesome. So we've got one final comic. He is a hilarious dude. You would maybe have heard him if you're uh, listening to the podcast or even those here on uh, his podcast, which is called Who Charted. Ladies and gentlemen, let's hear right now from Mr. Howard Kremer. Give it up for Howard. Come on. Steven Gowen. Oh, he'll get here. There he is. Soak me in, gang. Soak me in. <laughs> kind of fascinating, right? Right? Up until the point I talk. If I just came out and held it, what's going on with this guy? What? Then I start talking. Ah. Joker. I'll tell you a little about myself. I could be any of the villains from the movie Taken. <laughs> oh. Time to pace. Just got a big pop. Time to pace. Up top, ladies. I was going, but hey, no problem. Yeah. Woof. No, give it up, lovely young ladies, right? So, okay. hi. hi. Hi, Howard, by the way. You're, you were uh, fantastic. Thank you so I, much. I loved watching you. And um, so you were saying that there was some stuff on there that is so new you wouldn't necessarily want to use it. Button. What is it? Oh, you reading my button? Yeah, it says yeah. the Lincoln Lodge. Oh, yes, it's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> what? When do you feel like a joke is done, or why would you? Oh, I guess when um, uh, I can't think of anything more for it, like forty times in a row. Yeah. Then I go, okay, I'll just like stop working on that. But I don't, I don't know that they're ever done. It seems like they could always go a little further. Absolutely. Do you? Yeah. How, what's your turnover like in terms of material, though? Uh, like, are you constantly writing, or are you the type of person that? Because I, I know also you're kind of loose and a little bit. Right. Yeah. I don't, sometimes. Yeah, that's just. I don't know what. Like, I am always trying to write like every day and come up with stuff. It's just sometimes nothing comes. Sometimes a lot comes. But then, yeah, when I get up on stage, I like to keep it loose. Yeah. Um. What else do I want to talk to you about? I guess I want to talk to you about, not a guess, but you have so many things. I, oh, like so many projects. Yeah. And podcasts. Podcasts, voices, album, yeah. music albums. Yeah, you have music albums. Concept music have a albums. Summer. Yeah. You've got, a, you've got a catchphrase. Yeah. You've got if there's a like, website of that catchphrase. Yes, and there's going to be a tour of that catchphrase. Is there going to be? have a summer too yeah we're gonna do it like vancouver and down the west coast and then the last day it's gonna be Summerfest. have you ever been to Summerfest at meltdown no oh, no you just moved no here. no no it's but a big summer party oh we do. that's yeah. right how long how long have we been doing it there uh, i had heard about this This will be the fourth year this will be Summerfest for last year we had like a big inflatable water slide what? why did you even decide 
decide that that was your thing? Oh, it was part of a nervous breakdown. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> no, I actually, yeah. I had this debate in my head for a long time. Like, someone would roll around and I'd be like, you, sh- you need to keep working, you know, it's Hollywood, you got to grind, grind, grind. And then I'd be like, no, you need to have a summer. It wasn't even like, it wasn't something I, it was just this thought I kept having. And, and then um, I went to the beach one day and I was still having the argument in my head at the beach. Like, you should be working. No, you got to have a summer. And then I thought, oh, like, I could talk about that on stage. That's actually really interesting because, so what is wild about this city and this career in yeah. this city is that yeah. there is never, there's never going to be a day it's not beautiful. Right. There's never going to be uh, There's a beach there every day. Yeah. And there's also not ever like a time when you're done, you know, you never clock out yeah, and you're yeah, like, exactly. well, I'm like how you're saying jokes could always be improved. Yeah. You could also always be writing. You could also always yeah, be Yeah. It's hard to like, like relax and back off and go like, okay, I put in a day's work. I'm fine. It's the weirdest, like constant vague intensity. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. It's, no, not, it it's not an intense place, but it's also never relaxing. Yeah. That's why I think like gangster rap came out of here because it's like, it's chilled out on the surface, but underneath it's like super competitive, insanely competitive, crazy. Books. That is a great. That's a great analogy for what it's like <laughs> just to live here and yeah. do comedy. It's Snoop. exactly like yeah, it's like Dre, Snoop. Snoop it's Dre. like Snoop. Yeah. And um, for folks that are listening to the podcast, they should also check out Who Charted. Yeah, Who Charted uh, weekly uh, podcast on Earwolf. We count down the top five in music and movies, and we have a comedic guest every week. And you guys do really well and have tons of listeners, which I happen to know, so I'm just plugging that. You went to the Bridgetown yeah, yeah, Bridgetown. And did a live show there, right? Uh, yeah. Did you yeah, guys we tape, did. tape one there? Yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah. With uh, Peter Serafinowicz. Mm. Yeah. It was good. But I would say if there's any comedians listening, like aspiring ones, don't be so spread out with all these different projects. Like Focus it up? Focus it up. Yeah, tighten the screws and yeah. It's hard for people sometimes like to to get a handle on what they should do with you if you have so many things. That's really interesting. Yeah. yeah. If you're if you're a bunch of different things. But I, I I hear what you're saying, but there's also like a feeling that if you're doing a lot of stuff then you never know what could be That's the thing. True. Like you don't know that's that Oh, I'm having this thought of have a summer. Now I'm gonna have like a tour. <laughs> yeah. You don't know what what's. No, that's stick. true. Yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah, it's hard. You shouldn't stifle yourself creatively. But I don't know. Be just like slightly more in the pocket Discerning. than me. Yeah. yeah. Like I like I like what you have to say. Like have Thanks. four projects instead of nine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Right. The magic four project. Yeah. Uh, ratio. Awesome. Thank you so much. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. If you like what you're hearing, I'll be doing a show next Tuesday at the Ross on uh, La Brea and Sunset. I'm also a consultant there. I consult them on how to keep the place looking like a shithole at all times. I take it seriously. I, I'll get involved. I'll move a soccer ball into the size 52 jeans section. The fat Albert painted on the side of him. <laughs> Next Thursday, I'll be at the Kids Foot Locker at the Glendale Galleria. Some of you not that into my stuff, but Armenian children being fitted for SpongeBob Nikes. <laughs> That's my demographic. <laughs> If any of you live near Hollywood and Poinsettia, I'll be doing a show in the back of a Nissan Cube about halfway <laughs> down the block.
Limited seating for that one. <laughs> Bring a canned good, get him free. <laughs> All right, I got to do a couple quick things, and I got another set across town. I got a set over at Largo. Thank you. Up to after that, shooting up to, I got UCB Oxnard on the docket tonight at, at midnight. UCB Oxnard. Enjoy it. Shredsterant, you don't want that. You want Shredsterant? All right, I'll do that. First of all, real quick, Ricky Ricardo could, can't say explaining? Is that what it is? Is it like, he can't say explaining. He says splaining. Can he say any more words with the X? Oh, I got to go. I got to go. All right. Shredstrat's a great bit. Check it out on Who Charted. <laughs> That's my podcast. Out of your world. Thanks, you guys. Good night. Guys, Howard Kramer, come on. I can't believe you let some of those just fall. I can't believe you just... Uh... Like, I, I love you and I trust you as an audience, but Jesus Christ, that was, that was, you, there were a couple times when I really felt like, oh, they didn't get that one at all. You know, like, they didn't, they didn't really hold on to it. And I, and I, in my heart, I thought, ah, these, you know, this audience is never going to make it. <laughs> in this town. You guys, that is our show for tonight. Let's hear it for everybody you've seen on the, the show. Here. We're here every Tuesday night at the UCB Theater in Los Angeles. Let's just put your hands together. I'm Cameron Esposito. Thank you guys so much for coming. Have a great night. Put your hands together. 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 Get ready to laugh with your hands together. Put your hands together, get ready to cover your hands together, put your hands together. This is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season 3 has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, Season 3 is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Eight nuts. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <coughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Uh, yes, I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. <laughs> Oh, Jesus! I mean, Jazos! <laughs> ruler of the Eighth Circle! And that's just the beginning. Season 3 of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.